0: it is here it is draft lottery day will the pacers finally have fate smile on them for the first time in 25 years we'll get to it all everything you know about the lottery what's at stake the history the pick the pacers are and everything else they care about on today's locked on pacers podcast you are locked on pacers your daily indiana pacers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today it is lottery day. So much to dig into about the ping pong balls, about the odds, the history of the lottery, what's going to happen, what's at stake. For the pacers and what else do they care about among the bouncing ping pong balls? We'll get to all of it today. We'll even talk about some stats and some math and some stuff that you probably buried in your brain from middle school math class that you don't even remember anymore because it is the Victor Wembanyama day. Who is gonna win the sweepstakes? I saw chatter on Twitter earlier today about trading it and people thinking about if they'd even offer it for Giannis. Like it is that valuable with Victor Wembanyama in the fold. In this draft. And even after that, Scoot Henderson, very talented. Brandon Miller, the Thompson brothers, very talented. It is a good draft for the t- a team to be in the lottery for. And it is a generational draft at the top because of Wembe Niyama. Sean Hyken covering the Portland Trailblazers. He talked to an exec. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. But at the combine who basically said, like, if if you got the number one pick and you knew Wemby was never going to play in his first season, even maybe had an Embiid-like injury, the exec told Sean Hyken that they would still pick him one and offer him his second full max contract like the day they drafted him. Right? Like, that's how high teams are on this guy. So it's a huge deal at the top of this draft. That's why I wanted to cover Miller, Henderson, and Wembanyama before this draft because the stakes are massively important. So Pacers have decent odds to move up but not great. What is the lottery? How does this actually work, right? It, it sounds all confusing and silly and like, I can't even explain it. It looks like one of those how they actually did the real lottery on TV in the past. But basically, there's a machine with the 14 ping pong balls in it, and it's not just like one number represents one of the 14 teams in the lottery. They draw four of the balls, and then each team has a certain number of four-digit combos. The order doesn't matter. If it's one two twelve nine or one nine two twelve, that's the same. It's the four numbers that make it the case. So. There's 1,001 possible combinations, right? 14 factorial divided by 4 factorial divided by 10 factorial is 1,001. To simplify it, the NBA said screw the 1. It's just out of 1,000. If we draw that extra 1 combo, we'll just redo it. So it's basically out of 1,000 choices. The Pacers have 68 combinations that would move them up into the top 4. They would have had more, but they're tied with the Wizards, so they split those odds. By winning that coin flip, they have 68 of the 1,000. The Wizards have 67. So that's how this actually works. They draw four numbers, and if that four-digit combo belongs to the team in question, they are the team that actually moves up in the lottery. And it's fascinating to me that it's done this way, where there's the dramatic spinning of the machine, and they pull out another number. You can watch them all. They all get posted, the actual drawings themselves, after the fact. So what are the actual odds in play here for the Pacers? If you want a fancy chart, Tankathon has it, and the NBA tweeted them out yesterday uh, afternoon on the NBA PR account, which is public if you want to see it, at NBA PR. Uh, but the Pacers' chance of getting the number one pick, the Wemben Iyama pick, because of 68 out of 1,000, is 6.8%. Right? That's very simple math. Uh, it's just one number divided by the other. That's pretty low, right? That is a low chance event of actually taking place. But, of course, the Pacers will hope it happens. And there have been less likely teams that have moved up in the lottery before. It's not impossible. I wouldn't even call 6.8% improbable, but very unlikely. The chance they move up to two then after that, because once the first team is selected, they redo the exact same process. But then every team's odds bump up ever so slightly because now if that team is gone. They're no longer in the mix. So if they draw that team's combo again, they just redo it. So the Pacers' chance of getting the second pick is then 7.13%. And then the third pick is 7.50%. And the fourth pick is 7.93%. And that's where the lottery ends. So I've had two people actually ask me this within the last week. Why can't the Pacers be 5 or 6? They don't draw for 5 or 6. So they draw the top 4. And if you're not in the top 4, everything else from 5 to the end of the lottery it's just the inverse order of the standings. So because the Pacers are 7th in the inverse standings, they can't be 5 or 6. They don't move up to one, two, three, or 4. The best they could hope for is 7 after that. But they have almost an 8% chance at 4, 7.5 at 3, 7.1 of 2, and 6.8 for number 1. That totals 2. I think the NBA has it on their chart. I should have had this up while I kept talking. A 29.3% chance that the Pacers move into the top four, and as it stands now, we'll have the choice of Wambanyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, and Eamon Thompson for some reference on 29.3%. You're looking at a little bit better chance than Jalen Smith hitting a three this past season. That was 28.3%. Goga Batadze, 28.6% from three This past season. Think of every time one of those big men caught the ball and shot a three, slightly better chance of the Pacers moving up in the lottery. Not winning it, moving up is the same as one of those threes dropping. So that is how the lottery works. That is the Pacers' actual odds of moving up. Now, that isn't the odds of all their spots. We got to get to all the rest. And these actually reflect the odds of a certain number of teams jumping them that are also behind the Pacers. I think that is worth noting because. For example, if the drawing goes the first pick is the Detroit and seconds, Houston, right? It's just in order of the four worst records, the Pacers would be seventh. And that's not like that unlikely, right? Those are the most likely teams to actually move up. In fact, the top three teams all have better than a 50% chance of ending up in the top four. So seventh pick where the Pacers start right now, 19.72% chance the Pacers end up there. That's about one in five, right? Decently likely that that could happen, that the teams that end up getting drawn, if the Pacers are not one of them, that four of the six of the teams above them gets drawn, that's decently likely. Eighth is actually the Pacers' most likely slot. We'll get to all that sort of weirdness in the next segment. The eighth pick for the Pacers, 35.61% chance. So better than one in three times, if you simulated the lottery a million times, better than one in three of those times, the Pacers end up at eight, which basically, if you sum it up, would be The reason that's the case is because the chance that just one team behind the Pacers jumps them and the Pacers themselves don't jump up is decently high. And that's why that's 35%, right? Because there are seven teams behind the Pacers in the lottery order. The Pacers themselves are just one team. This is a lot of math, but this is what it all shakes out to be. The Pacers' chance of being 9 is 13.85. Their chances of being 10 are 1.43. And their chances of being 11, which would require four teams with small odds all jumping into the top four is 0.03%. I believe it's actually slightly less than that, like 0.2 blah, 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 out to a million things. One time I tried to calculate every single lottery number out, like, formulaically, and it was an absolute pain in the butt. But um, that is the Pacers' odds of landing at every single spot. So they can be 1 through 4 if they get drawn. If not, they could be 7th through 11th, depending on how many teams from around them are drawn into various places. Their top 4 percentage, is 29.36. Their number one percentage is 6.8%. This is much better than it used to be. This is in my Forbes story, but they, they flattened the odds after years and years of whatever the heck happened in uh, Sam Hinkey land. That's not the only reason, but that was certainly part of it. Uh, but the 76ers changing the NBA with the way they did it, right? Had the Pacers been where they are now, tied for seventh, they would have had a 3.5% chance of the number one pick under the old old odds, and a 12.5% chance at jumping into the top three, right? So their top three slash four chance is way higher, nearly triple, and their number one percent chance is nearly doubled from the old system to now. You can thank Sam Hinkie and the Sixers and good NBA changes to discourage tanking. For that, that is the Pacers' odds of actually moving up. So what is the history of the seventh team in the lotto odds. What other numbers and details do you need to know about this slot? Median outcomes, all sorts of stuff. That's coming in our second segment today. Before we do that, though, I gotta talk to you guys about the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater. Neil, you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And they have the Game Time Guarantee. means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference, and you get those tickets right on your phone. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMBA for $20 off on the Game Time app. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Lockdown Suns is the way to go. I forgot to do these teasers for second listens yesterday. Lockdown Suns, they're out of the playoffs. They fired their coach. What is going on? Their new owner wants to make all these changes. Brendan Clean knows what's going on in Phoenix. He will break it all down for you at Lockdown Suns. A lot of great teams to listen to right now as the coaching search embarks. And they aren't in the lottery, so they are diving into all these details. Speaking of the lottery, though, let's finish up the Pacers part of the lottery preview that you need to know before we talk in the third segment today. Also important. The other stuff, the Pacers want to see in the lottery unrelated to their own team, their second round pick. One of them cares a great deal about how the Spurs and Rockets end up in the lottery. But I first want to talk about the history of the seventh pick and more specifically the history of the seventh best odds since the odds changed. That's why I wanted to include them in the first segment in 2019 like I said, the NBA changed the lottery structure. So now the top 4 spots are drawn instead of 3, and there are better odds throughout the non-top 4 teams. Well, since then, 7 is the place to be. <laughs> Where the Pacers are has been awesome. If you're a true fan of a basketball team, you always think, "Well, the worst thing is going to happen to this team." If you're a person who looks at history and takes everything in that, you'll say, "Well, 7 is the absolute best spot to be." In reality, is 7 is the same odds no matter what year it is. But this year, is everybody's going to be banking on history inside the Patriots organization. 2019 three-way tie for seventh, and two of the three teams jumped up. That was Dallas, New Orleans, and Memphis. New Orleans jumps to one. They get Zion. Memphis jumps to two. They get John Morant. Huge luck, huge stroke of luck for those teams tied for seventh. Really, it was teams tied for seven, eight, nine, but still there's a tie for seven and eight this year, and those two of the three teams jumped up. Poor Dallas Mavericks that year to not be one of the teams whose combinations it was, but that is wild to see. The following year, the Chicago Bulls, seventh worst record in the NBA. Wouldn't you know it, they jump up to four and they get Patrick Williams. Well, they didn't make the right pick necessarily, but the lottery gods were on their side. The Chicago Bulls jumped up from seven to four. You'll never guess what happened in 2021. The Toronto Raptors we're sitting there in the 7th best odds to move up in the draft lottery. The ping pong balls, wouldn't you have it? Picked the Toronto Raptors to have the 4th overall pick in that draft. They picked rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. With that 4th pick, another luck stroke of luck for the team with 7th best odds. And then last year, the team that jumped the Pacers and pushed the Pacers From fifth to sixth in the post lottery standings, the seventh ranked Sacramento Kings move up to four. They also get first team all rookie member Keegan Murray. So all these teams jump from seven to one two or four and they all drafted an all rookie team member and that is apparently the spot to be and that is just complete crazy coincidence and we'll see if the Pacers actually follow suit but I thought that was fascinating to see that for four straight lotteries every single one since the odds were flattened the team in seventh specifically has moved into the top four and Patrick Williams is the worst pick and even he made all rookie and has had at least a decent career pretty crazy to see those things all shake out. So apparently, seven might just be the abs- the actual spot to be. Uh, I missed a key point here for the lottery, Pacers specific, and that is who's actually there for them. Right. First of all, uh, Tyrese Halliburton will be the on stage representative. So uh, he'll, they'll show his face after they hold up the Pacers card with whatever pick they have. Perhaps he'll be beaming with happiness if it's one or two or three or whatever. And perhaps he'll just be making a stoic face like Kelly Crosspuff did last year if it's seven, eight, nine, whatever. We'll see. They announced them in inverse order, but Halliburton will be the guy on stage. Sabonis so was for the Kings last year when they moved up from seven to four. And then in the lottery room itself, watching the ping pong ball drawing go and then sitting in there and not telling anybody what happened uh, until it's over is going to be Kevin Pritchard. Last year it was Chad Buchanan as Scott Agnes detailed his story from inside the lottery room where he can kind of explain all of this stuff better than I can also be there, uh, I believe, me, Scott, and Dustin. So your full swath of Pacers beat writers will all be there for the lottery with the detailed sights and sounds. So you'll get lots of coverage from the big event. Um, but I, I did forget to talk about who would actually be there for the Pacers. That did get announced by the NBA uh, earlier today. So we got to do some more mathy stuff because as fun as it is to go through the history, that was the good cop part of the assignment. I have math brain. I majored in math in college. Odds are kind of my thing here. And look, the odds, just when I see numbers this small, I I am always inclined to remind people of what's actually at stake here. Thank you to Tankathon for putting this part in. Uh, The NBA does not put this in. They put in the expected value, the average slot for a team in that way, right? So for example... If you ran the lottery a million times, and then you probably have to run it more than a million, but and then averaged every team's pick number, what would their expected value be? For example, for Detroit at the very top, their expected value is three point seven. So if you ran the lottery a million trillion times, their average pick number would be three point seven, even though they have the best odds at the top four, while tied with the Rockets and Spurs. Uh, If you ran it a million times, their again average would be three. 0.7 meaning if the Pistons get the third pick which will sound disappointing because they had the worst record that is still a win that is still above the expectation right and that's always really hard like last year the Pacers were in the fifth slot which averages to exactly five so if you end up at five that's actually good right that means you had an expected day and the Pacers fell down to six right like you never really know What's going to happen? The Pacers this year in a weird spot where because their odds are split and because they're right behind the break-even point of the drawing, their average expected value is the 6.4th pick. They can't pick six, obviously, So, but if they ran it so many times, their average would be 6.4. So anything they get they either get in the lottery and that's better than expected or they end up at 7 or worse and that's actually slightly worse than the average. But that's not a good way of looking at it because that is an average based on a number 1 through 4 or a number 7 through 11. I don't think that's fair to look at when you can't there's a 0% chance at five or six. That's why it's a lot better of a thing to run for the first five teams, right? Because they can end up anywhere between one and nine, for example, or one and eight or one and seven. It's much more fluid, whereas the Pacers have two slots. In this case, they literally can't hit. So I don't think that's a great way to look at it, but I think knowing the expected value of 6.4 is still noteworthy. What I would do, here's how I have described to people what w- this lottery thing. There's a 55.3% chance the Pacers will be seven or eight right that is one very easy way to kind of look at this if you like closer to 50 percent numbers that's as close as you can get right so there's over half the time this happens the Pacers will be seventh or they'll be eight their mode if they did it infinite trillions of times would be eight right that's the most likely pick the Pacers end up at is the eighth overall pick in this draft if things again happen as they do if you do this in a simulation there'll be eighth and that is what I because of math brain, will set in my head is the expectation right I expect the Pacers to end up with the eighth pick uh, if they end up with seven then in my head that's a good day because it's above your most likely outcome but I get why fans might not think that way or why in general people would be pessimistic in thinking such a thing is the case but that's just how it works out for me their median outcome they cross 50 percent likelihood between the seventh and eighth pick. So again, getting seven is below barely their median outcome, right? So all these numbers kind of suggest to me that if they get seven, they kind of got to live with it and be happy with that, right? That means that the four teams that actually jumped up were among the six that have worst records than them in the standings, which, you know, they they just have better odds than you. you, you. There's nothing you can do about it anyway, but that at least is the best of a bad scenario or do you end up at 7 like it's hard to think this way if you're a fan i get this and that's just kind of why i want to talk about it now but like Seven is honestly fine. It, it sucks because, of course, Victor Wembanyama's at the top, and you know, you'd know you love to see that guy on your favorite team, but uh, from a math perspective, if you end up at seven, got to go, okay, you know, that, that, that's fine. Um, so we'll see what actually happens here, but I think the median and the mode and the expected value are necessary exercises to kind of share it to make people go, okay, you know, this is maybe not as fate accompli as I thought. And remember, there's this 15% chance just hanging out there that they finish 9, 10, or 11, and... That would of course be absolutely tragic, especially because it seems like there's a top eight. Although again, I might have a shakeup because I have a guy really liking this draft that it seems like not a lot of people really like. Um, we'll see. Doesn't matter what I like. What matters is the numbers and the lottery, and what matters is who else moves up. Pacers or not Pacers, the other four teams involved in this, or the other three teams, if the Pacers do jump up, is also significant to the Pacers franchise. And their outlook. What else do the Pacers care about? Of course, they have a direct thing they care about with their own second round pick, but also in general, what do the Pacers want to see these results look like? Let's talk about that to close out today's show. But before we do that, I got to talk to you guys about prize picks. It's Daily Fantasy Made Easy, and Prize Picks is running a $1 million daily super flex promotion for the NBA playoffs, and every day of the playoffs, One prize picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. You place an entry after 8 a.m. Eastern, and one will be randomly selected every day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six pick flex. With the following paths. If you get all six right, you get a million dollars, eighty thousand for five, sixteen thousand for four. Full details at slash million. Opt in at that link to be eligible for the entry. And once you opt in, you just play the game like normal. How do you play? Well, it's daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to six players. Will they go over or under their prize picks projection for various stats? You get up to twenty five times your money, for example. Will LeBron James have more or less than seven and a half rebounds, right? That That's as simple as it gets. It's not you versus other people. It's just you versus prize picks projections. So download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Lockdown. If you deposit 100, they'll give you 100. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKDOWN at Sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 at prize picks daily fantasy made easy. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Pacers your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Locked on Sixers. Painful game seven elimination. Well, they are, won't they keep Doc Rivers? What's next for James Harden? Locked on Sixers is the way to go. For that, let's close out this Pacers talk, looking at the Pacers' interest in the lottery that are not their own. Starting with the most direct hit, and I've explained this, uh, post ping pong, or post-tiebreaker, for the Pacers, but the Pacers have a very significant rooting interest that isn't their own in this lottery, and that relates to their second round pick. They're owed a second round pick from many trades ago, Victor Oladipo trade being the most recent. And the Pacers get the Rockets second round pick if the Rockets second round pick is 32. And if the Rockets second round pick is 33, the Pacers get the Heats second round pick, which is 50, an 18 pick equity difference. Oof, oof. The Pacers really want the Rockets to be 32. How is that determined? Well, the Rockets and Spurs finish with the same record. They're both 22 and 60. So whichever team ends up with a higher first-round pick will have a lower second-round pick. And so the Pacers want the Rockets to have a lower first-round pick so they have a higher second-round pick. And so that was a lot of explaining to say the beyond the Pacers themselves. They, of course, want to be one or the highest thing they possibly can be. They also would like to see the San Antonio Spurs Finish the lottery ahead of the Rockets. If that happens, the Pacers would get pick 32 from Houston instead of pick 50. Massive swing that would be for them and their draft equity and what they're more, more or less willing to do with their late first rounders. Are you more willing to trade 29 if you have picked 32 or pick 50, right? It seems very obvious what well, the decision is there and the importance of having good seconds, right? They traded the 31st pick two years ago to get Isaiah Jackson. They traded other stuff too. And they traded or they picked 31st last year and got Andrew Nembark, right? They've done well there. That's significant for them. So the Pacers... Of course rooting for themselves their ideal lottery order is them one and then beyond, below them is Spurs ahead of Rockets in the first round in the first round they want to see the Spurs drawn higher than the Rockets that is of course the most significant thing we'll break that down tomorrow but the best case Pacers draft scenario would be 1 26 29 32 55 for their picks in this upcoming draft that is the most direct thing they are rooting for besides themselves but i always 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 like to include this part because i never think people talk about this for any other team the pacers want west teams to win (laughs) if you have listened to locked on pacers for five years i make the same point every year at the lottery the pacers ideal lottery not including them is pacers one spurs two uh rockets three blazers four right like western conference teams jumping up that way the stud players are not in the eastern conference right there are not teams the pacers are playing as often as possible that helps them when they're chased to make the postseason next year that helps them down the line not playing these teams potentially in the playoffs as early uh, you got to beat them at some point anyway but if you make the finals you open up the most chances right like in general you get the gist of what i'm saying the pacers want these players to to go west as much as possible. They've been kind of lucky with this in past seasons as Zion and Jago west. The, the LaMelo Ball goes east to the Hornets, but there's been a lot more high end talent. It feels like going west uh, in recent seasons. And that has been uh, a benefit for for the Pacers recently. Chad Holmgren going to last year to OKC. I don't know why I'm blanking so hard on past lotteries. Jalen Green went west. Uh, I, I'm just missing a bunch. Caro in the East, right? Example, they, they don't like that kind of stuff. Like, you get the idea. Explaining specific examples is stupid, but the Pacers like to see West teams do well. The second thing I would add in the second layer is they also want teams not on their timeline to do well, I think, because then they can ascend at their own speed and not worry about more teams modeling into their range, right? When you run models for seasons and seasons and seasons, you would like teams, like, let's say, uh, who, like the Jazz, right? They're probably a little bit off the Pacers timeline and expect to be better. A little bit behind the Pacers or the Bulls are definitely not in the Pacers timeline. They're still kind of going for it. I mean, those teams are farther away from them. The Blazers are definitely off the Pacers timeline. They have Damian Lillard on their team, right? Those teams are teams the Pacers would want to do well because they're less likely to disrupt the Pacers specifically in their own quest to be doing well in this sort of thing, right? So there is more to this than just the Pacers want to win. It's the Pacers want to win and also want to see their direct competitors do poorly. For example, Detroit, the Pacers are rooting all their marbles against Detroit. Four games against that team every single year. You never want that team right next to Cleveland. They rooted against them for forever. The Bulls moving up a few years ago was obviously problematic for the Pacers because Patrick Williams is in their division. Although, again, that was... (laughs) <laughs> the fourth pick in a draft that isn't great. Pacers got a little bit lucky with that one, but you get the gist, right? I, I could go on and on. They're rooting for themselves and against their direct hit. So I would as imagine that their dream order, here's the thing, they want San Antonio to jump ahead of Houston. Both of those teams, I would say, are kind of on the Pacers timeline. So to me, I think the Pacers dream order is probably something like Pacers one, Blazers two, uh, Thunder third, Spurs fourth or something like that, and then Pistons Rockets 5-6 just by default because then the Pacers get their highest pick and then it's a West team not on their timeline and then another West team not on their timeline. I don't know what you think of the Thunder's timeline. Maybe New Orleans was a better answer than OKC. And then the Spurs making it. I think that is probably the Pacers' dream lotto in terms of lining up their timelines, their opponents, and their everything in the best way possible to have the talent not hurt them, and they also get, of course, the best players so that's the stuff to look out for in order one where are the, where's the pacers where are they two where are the spurs what does that mean for the pacers and three where are all the west teams where are all the east teams where is this talent actually going to be going that is the point of the lottery after all figure out the order figure out who is going to get who or who could trade for who and hey like i said i will be there in chicago so i'll be breaking this down hopefully i can podcast in the venue. If not, it might be in my car, just depending on where this all shakes out for tomorrow's show. But breaking down everything you need to know about what happened, what was said, what it means for the Pacers and their draft outlook, it's of course going to be here on Locked on Pacers. And then as this week progresses, talking about with their new picks all set in stone, what can and can't the Pacers do, what to be on the lookout for, you know we'll have it all for you here on the Lockdown Pacers podcast for you every day. Or as if I said something that didn't make sense or you thought was wrong, tweet at me, at Tony R East on Twitter. Happy to reply and set it all straight. Or comment if you're watching on YouTube looking at me talk to break this all down. Like I said, tomorrow, lottery reaction from Chicago. I'll be at the draft combine as well this week, so hopefully I'll have some stuff to say about some of the lottery guys or some of the prospects from the hoosier state or in general uh should be learning a lot out there with other you know media members execs and all the and all the players of course in one place so stay tuned for that as well lots of fun stuff coming here on the lockdown pacers podcast hope you guys learned something today have a fantastic day we will see you soon